Hello everyone and welcome back to the Gamecast podcast. As you can see, I am still the official Gamecast champion after defeating James in WWE 2K19. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Get this fucking belt and as many videos as we can. This thing cost me a lot of money. <laughs> Down you go. So everyone, just to start off the podcast nice and late, what have we been playing? RuneScape. Have <laughs> <laughs> you been serious right yeah, now? I've actually been deadly serious RuneScape. It has recently come back. It has up. a resurgence. It has old school RuneScape. It's, it's never going to not go away. Just mobile RuneScape, RuneScape on the mobile, and then you can just quickly transfer over onto your laptop, and it's just seamless and it's oh amazing. Uh, <laughs> How many hours have you put in already? I don't know. <laughs> I've only had about two weeks. I'm already like combat level fifty. And Jesus. How many How many hours are in two weeks? Whatever that meant. That's the amount he's put in. Do the maths quick. I get lose it. I know. Twenty-four by seven. It's so a number. Good. Yeah, playing uh, Devil May Cry 5 at the moment. Still? Uh, yeah, I actually I took a break from it a good while ago. There was mm. like other stuff that I wanted to play and I just kind of just kind of stopped because like, if I ever want to play it, I want to play it just by itself. I don't want to get distracted or anything. I want to appreciate it for what it is. So I got back into it now and I'm flying through it. The game so is so like, the gameplay is so like style orientated that you don't want to go in and just like slug it out. As yeah. you were saying, you want to make like a really cool combo and all that kind of stuff. You can't do that if you're just burnt out. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, like you do need to be on. You need to be paying attention to like you know really style and like swap out the weapons and like see what combos work with mm. which and you know it's like like you can complete you, opposite of RuneScape where you're just, <laughs> just you know, slogging it out, click on yeah. the grind. <laughs> you probably could just button mash, but like you know just like mash the triangle button and just jump out of the way whenever the attacks come your way. But like that's not the essence of Devil May Cry. So like you were playing uh, when I seen you playing it, you were playing a. Uh, Somewhat of a boss. He was like a knight in the, like remember you were going through those main systems. Yeah. And you came across a knight, and it looked the the boss looked really challenging in itself, and you were still trying to do all these flips and the gunshots and the slicing and all that kind of mm. stuff. It looked really challenging. Who was I playing else at the time? There's three characters in it. Neo was it? Nero. Nero. Like black the short. No, hair. the short blonde hair. He has kind of a black and he has a fake arm. Uh, yeah, that's Nero. Nero, yeah. You're yeah. playing as him going through those like channel of veins and stuff. Yeah, Nero, he has one sword and one gun, and then he has like a lot of um, like disposable robotic arms that all do different things. So like, you can do cool stuff. Like, you could be there attacking two enemies, and like one guy's about to charge into you from behind, but you can actually press circle to like use a shockwave to blast yourself away. So you could blast yourself away, or you could actually blast yourself back into the guy to knock him back. Yeah. Mm. And then while, when you land on your feet and he's on the ground, you can start wailing on him. And mm. then his friends come over and you start taking care of them too. There's all kinds of crazy stuff you can do. I'm playing as Dante now though, so Dante is focused on, um, he gets a lot more weapons. Mm. And it's about like doing combos with the weapon you want and then swapping to another one to like get Continue it to work. Yeah. Like, you can uppercut a guy, there's like a weapon that's literally like a motorbike <laughs> infused with like demonic power. And you use them as two big like mace chainsaw things, so you could do a thing like do a crazy combo with the sword, knock the guy into the air, shoot him a few times with your guns while he's in the air, then switch to the chainsaw things and jump up and do this cool thing where you turn around and like uppercut like that, 
They put the enemy behind you with the chainsaw things. I thought you were saying you overcome from the front like that. It's like, how the fuck <laughs> no, does that work? No, it's like he jumps up, turns around, and gets the things and like hits upwards at the guy behind him mm. like that. It's like wasted energy, <laughs> but it's about yeah. the style. It's about the style. You should see these characters; they're all like groomed to perfection. Meanwhile, yeah. he has a style. It's, it's, it's like there is, yeah, there's a style. Okay. It's, like a, it's like a grade system. It's like CB. Well, that's not how you spell. <laughs> I was going to say CBS. C B D E E F G. This is why we make the podcast because none of us did well in school. That's probably a lie. Two E probably do well. Z Y X. No, T U V. All right, we get. We can spell. Good man. For me, I am playing Control, a game I talked about on the podcast very briefly before. I really, really like the way the gameplay is handled from your player. But it seems like a game that is like a tech demo, where they have your character perfectly polished and all. The environment is fairly good. The enemies are just so generically shit. Like they're called the Hiss and they're like these mind controlled aliens basically that take over the bodies of real human beings and they use them to like attack you and you have to use your powers to fuck them up but um I just I'm struggling to get into the game just because I just see like right here's another wave of faceless creatures that are just throwing at me just so I can like it's cool like you rip up a bit of concrete out of the ground and you throw it at these people I'm just like that looks good it'll look better when they use it in Star Wars where it was probably really supposed to be used anyway like do you know, there's, like, there was a boss that came into it and it was the exact same character model as the the other creatures running around and like it, it's just it's fucking strange the story is really really like too ambitious as well it's like in what way it's they're really trying to portray like a what does it all mean kind of atmosphere like secret FBI headquarters well, everything going 3D, on 3D 5D conspiracy <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's, it's just like come on guys just feed me a story yeah. I can talk like there's I think if I was to count, it up, count them up there's like six plot lanes going on at one time and everyone is mysterious like there's a mysterious janitor who knows what's going on but he talks in riddles and he's obviously Russian he's like <laughs> I'm going on holiday we need to fix the generator before it blows up because he knows there's enemies at the generator whereas he says oh there's just trash around it <laughs> and like the trash is a metaphor for the aliens and all this kind of stuff there's a, a plot going on with your brother who's been abducted because of an attack that happened like 18 years ago there's something in your head the the person who used to be in charge of the FBI headquarters that he killed himself and you just assume his role <laughs> for no it doesn't fucking even explain you just show up and you're like Everyone just goes, you're the new director now. You're just like, oh, all right. That's, that's convenient. <laughs> and like, you have a, telekine- a telekinetic connection to the guy who killed himself mm. somehow. Mm. And it has explained itself, but it's, it's just constant and constant and constant. That my, my brain is just going, I'm not getting nothing back here. I'm not getting nothing back mm. for this. I'm struggling to give a shit. I'm probably going to go into it with a, the, like, a halo effect over the game. Because uh, I love reading stuff from the SCP Foundation. Have any of you heard of that? No. It's so it's like a, it's like a fictional website uh, filled with like thousands of entries about like different uh, anomalous objects and creatures and stuff. So the SCP Foundation is this fictional like Men in Black esque foundation that like tries to secure and contain all these different anomalous things. So like sometimes they're just like weird shit. Like there's a, a bronze uh, sculpture that expands whatever it's put in so if we put it in this room this room will keep expanding until it's like miles mm. wide but from the outside we it's could do with that <laughs> <laughs> they get one of them um, 
but from the outside it would look normal and it goes right up until like there's there's like a star moving towards our planet that like it was moving somewhere else but then when we looked at it through a telescope it noticed us looking and came towards <laughs> us <laughs> so, the, so the foundation is like hmm what's going on down there so the foundation is like we, we don't have a jail cell big enough to but uh, yeah, so containment is like one of the closest things I can get to like a, a triple A or double A SCP game. Like there's been SCP game adaptions, but they're always like low budget uh, indie Unity games where it's Shush. just like it's just like yeah, here's here's if insert SCP here, run away from it and hide in a locker, you know. So my choices aren't exactly diverse when it comes to SCP games. So Control came along and everyone's like, oh my god, it's the closest thing to a proper SCP game you ever got. I was, so. I was looking at its reviews and it got like 80% on I think it was like IGN or GameSpot and like yeah I can't argue with that but definitely not getting any higher from me yeah. as I said before Control's gameplay would be absolutely amazing in a Doctor Strange game mm. in the exact same do it the exact same just reskin it and leave it the same exactly you could reskin it You could. it would work perfect it would make far more fucking sense than, to me than what's going on because then you could just automatically just like all the bullshit you can just go I actually look Doctor Strange multiverses who the fuck knows what's going on I mean if they make Dead Space out of a Tiger Woods game they can make a Doctor Strange game out of Control yeah. <laughs> literally, literally they took the skeletons from a Tiger Woods game and used them to model the characters in Dead Space <laughs> I like I'm not going to buy Control 2 if it comes out unless there's some serious work done I don't even know I haven't even got to the end of it she could fucking die for all I know yeah but like is the gameplay actually smooth like how does Control Control, control. oh he said the thing um, do you know what because I'm playing on an Xbox One that has been through some serious mm. use I don't know because the game is very stuttery can react very badly but I don't know if that's just because Xbox, any Xbox One can't handle it because it's just they showed ray tracing into it didn't they that's why the performance mm. is abysmal like but I, I on something that's why how many years old now yep <laughs> like even six years even, old even visually your character is sometimes out of focus when she runs, like a, a blur running on the screen. Not like a not like a bad thing. Not like Sonic the Hedgehog just sprinting through. Yeah. But like sometimes like the like bits of her head head like blends in, mm. like with the rest of the fucking. Sure, you just weren't wearing your glasses when you were playing. I always wear my glasses when I'm playing <laughs> because. Well, so it's like the. Why is the game so blurry? Like <laughs> a, a, like let's pretend the game camera is like a real camera. It's like it wasn't focused on her properly. It wasn't. The environment would be fine, yeah. but while you're running. It's almost like the game just goes, hang on, you left us back here. And then like, oh. when you stop, it like catches back up and then she goes oh, fine okay. again. And then like, like I was thinking, maybe it's my television. I was like, no, it's not my television. It's a 4K television. Like, is there is there an in-game option to disable motion blur? Or? I, honest to God, haven't even looked because the gameplay itself is a bit challenging at times. Yeah. It's very unforgiving. It's like three hits death hmm. on like on a boss two hits yeah. have a look then because every little bit helps like uh, Spyro had really aggressive motion blur uh, mm. to the point people were complaining of nausea so when the PC release came out they took out the option to turn it off it's the same with Fallout 3's Field of Vision yeah, yeah that Field of Vision I'm trying to think like you're looking through binoculars at all times <laughs> or something like I'm trying to think was there another game where it kind of happened as well um, like it, it always I've always noticed it more towards the end of a generation like you know like when Playstation 3 towards the end and it was just like a car from the 80s that was just stuttering and yeah. farting along and then yeah. you're it trying happens. to force it to go like it, it 
it's a shame like maybe they could have held off control until next year and it would have been like I think mm. if they did hold off till next year it would have been a perfect game yeah like it always happens enemies. towards the end of a console's lifespan like mm. developers have to squeeze the most out of console's uh, power anyway given the limited resources but towards the end of the console's life cycle that's doubly so because yeah. you know there have been new developments like ray tracing came in like there's no way in hell PS4 and mm. Xbox One based models can like deal with that properly so developers have to take all kinds of shortcuts and sometimes I imagine the shortcut just isn't there so yeah. they have to just sacrifice the frames and that's why it stutters so bad like um, when I started the game initially you walk through the hallway of this fictional building I don't, I don't even know what it's called uh, so it's called something stupid like, you know, like, like in America the way they just name like a sorry they name like a building like the yeah. kitchen oh yeah it's like one of those <laughs> stupid kind of names and I'm just like oh god the, the house or something like the that boiler. <laughs> yeah like a prison called the boiler or something like that yeah. but it, like there's really really interesting concepts to it like you walk down this one like hmm. I'm imagining it's like a, a fucking it's in her head this hallway hmm. and the hallway start to shift it's like a matrix effect and okay, I was like this yeah. is really cool like why isn't there more of this in the game instead of there's 50 enemies shoot one of them and throw a rock at the rest <laughs> so maybe we'll see some give me Doctor Strange game right that was a long segment <laughs> question one <laughs> you're allowed to talk <laughs> what is your opinion on the recent explosion on popular in popularity with games like Apex Legends Fortnite etc specifically in terms of questionable loot systems what do you think about the new rise in this, these sort of battle royale style games you could argue there are a version of FIFA when we were younger with Ultimate Team I know Ultimate Team still going some of them are too big to fail now Fortnite is too big to fail. There's no way that's going to fail at any stage. I don't think it's. Hmm. They're kind of smart in the way they're doing it, though. <laughs> that every couple of months they're throwing yeah, something new. Uh, Apex came out to try to defeat Fortnite, but that failed. That's not popular. Mm. I mean, when it first came it's out, still, start, it still has a good. It's a good following, but like when it came out to start here, it was like, oh, this is you know, it's Apex this is the Legends, thing ever, it's yeah. going to kill Fortnite, which it did for the first month like streams on Twitch went down for Fortnite and everything like it actually just did took a big hit for it but then like the following month like it was like right we're sick of this we're going back to Fortnite so Fortnite's doing something right because it lost its player base and it got it all back do you know what I love is that you go off and you learn all these kind of really really good interesting facts you still can't read a PDF I send you on the questions every time we do this I think you didn't send that I sent you this one But like a, even like the loot system, like obviously they have the loot system nailed. Yeah, like that's what it is. You know, Apex came out and they're you know Fortnite were probably like right, we're just gonna dial it up a notch on our loot box system. And the whole chapter two thing. Yeah, I thought they were on like chapter twenty by now. They're on seasons. They're doing seasons and chapters now. Yeah. I'm confused. You know, in terms of these games, I actually I've just never cared less. To yeah. be honest, like they're just really not my kind of thing at all. Um, I can see how they would have taken off though. They're very like, you know, streaming has never been bigger, and they're very stream friendly. Yeah, you know, they're very like. I don't want to say people are losing their attention spans. Yes, you're exactly what I'm thinking. There's just so much content out there that the you know, if it's in any way long or drawn out, attention instantly cuts out and instantly seeks a new hit on something else. So mm. for something that's like fast, explosive, entertaining, jump in, jump out these kind of games I can easily see why they've taken off in popularity but they're just not for me I'm, I'm still stuck in like early 2000s arena shooters like Unreal Tournament and Quake and stuff <laughs> yeah. you know uh, there's a bit actually 
still salty about this in regards to Fortnite. There was going to be a new Unreal Tournament game, but Epic pulled all the staff from it to work on Fortnite. <laughs> so um, if Epic gets, no, I'm not going to bother. <laughs> to be fair, no, they're not. They, they're not doing anything wrong because Fortnite seems to be one of the better kind of examples of these because at least the game is constantly evolving and changing like when it first came out it wasn't the best game alive whereas now they've kind of improved graphics they've improved gameplay they've added a bit more depth to the story there's actually like almost a lore system now whereas let's say PUBG <laughs> fuck off like, that, I, had, that had a deep learning curve when it first came out yeah like I, I love I love PUBG like I really really enjoy it because let's say if me and the guys just log on we play we genuinely have like a really great time but if I was to play single player fuck that it's too hard it's really really hard uh, I tried playing on PC here last week with James the recording didn't go great because uh, someone forgot to press the button uh, me Jamie <laughs> and your PC yes. and your internet was crap my internet wasn't crap my internet's good anyway it doesn't explain how you lagged out under the bridge and you killed your whole team in the car yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. I he drove everyone. He drove into the river with a car full of people. His teammate. His hey, teammates. I was. That makes it sound like I deliberately like fucked up, or I'm so shit. The yeah. thing glitched through the bridge. Yeah. I was driving over the bridge. I was and on my someone, side of the road. My car was like, oh look at these gobshites and sniped the whole lot of them. <laughs> this is why I stick the single player. One of the guys drowned. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't sniped. He, 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 craw- he crawls out onto the bank, coughing up like water, and you're just like, no way. <laughs> Trust me, the game isn't that advanced that that could even happen. Um, like games like that are they're fine as long as you can pick up the controller, put it down after you're done playing with your friends. When it comes to the point where, look, uh, I'm gonna switch aside. When it comes to the point where, let's say, me and my brother when we played Ultimate Team when we were younger. We had to have the best team. We had to have the best players pumping. I easily could say over a thousand euro into just one FIFA game. FIFA goes out a day towards the end of the year, every year. I spent a thousand euro that year on nothing. It doesn't carry, it doesn't save, waste of time. Nowadays, it's a bit better that when you buy, when you spend money on these things, it's just cosmetic. It's not going to improve the gameplay. And they don't lie to you that way. But I... Activision. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Call of Duty. Or let's say the scandal with Battlefront 2, mm. where basically pay to have decent heroes and villains. Mm. But they remove that and they've tried to fix it as much as they can. Too late, but it's yeah. a bit too late. The reputation is completely damaged. The player base is basically consistent of guys who've played it from the start. If you were to join now, you're just fucked because whoever you get matched with is going to be unbelievable. So. I'd like to see a little less of it. I'd rather people focused on games like you were saying, or like, like how much sooner could we have Last of Us Two if we didn't spend so much time worrying about fucking Fortnite and Apex <laughs> Legends? So a bit less, a bit less of that shit, mm. and mobile games as well. Those fit in as well. Put them all in the bag. Put the bag in the river. Except for RuneScape. RuneScape mobile can stay. No. Yeah. RuneScape yes. mobile <laughs> here to stay. I don't like like. How the hell that survived? Such a good game. <laughs> you know, unless he was stood there in a dungeon for three hours just looking at your character, throwing magic bombs, you don't know. Have just you have done that? Do you just, yes. You just have to do it. <laughs> Why? Because it's just so good. RuneScape is such an anomaly for me. It's like it's a game you can get addicted to by not playing it. Yeah. Like you just leave your character, like level up something, and you can go off and live your life. 
and your character will still be there like fishing mm. level up his fishing skill and you're just <laughs> and you're there you're getting these little dopamine hits it's, knowing your character I don't know how it's not fishing, more right? addictive from Fortnite like because Fortnite has a lot of loot boxes and when you have your kids and they're addicted to loot boxes RuneScape doesn't have any loot boxes it's just the most it's phone almost, basic it, thing it almost ever. reminds me how people used to obsess over the sims yes they're living <laughs> you could go fishing in the sims <laughs> And there's a few DLC packages in that one that you can get. A few DLC, like you. 400 euros worth. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bought Sims 3 when it came out for a laptop that had no business having that disc inside it. The game cried, What have you done? And I used the activation code on that laptop. That thing couldn't run it. I'd say it couldn't even run RuneScape. And yeah. So we all agree that those kind of games can just like take the back seat. Do you know, I just kind of miss. I like, love them right hand. They're, it's just they're, they're overstimulating for me there's just constant barrage of content there's a million and one skins and maps and, and like just stuff like that but like is that still going yeah yeah but nothing feels special in it because of that like you, you know the way like you could play a game on PS2 like let's say a fighting game or a first person shooter or something and you unlo- unlock like a secret character skin that's like a, you know an award thing like you actually felt cool for unlocking this super mm. secret skin but now you can just kind of buy it nothing feels special or even just in terms of the mechanics themselves like we used to play uh, me and my friend we used to play Area 51 on PS2 and there was a multiplayer mode for that um, one of the maps had this big pool of radioactive waste in the middle now there was no proper swimming mechanics in the game mm-hmm. but if you jump into the waste your character kind of like bobs up and down and it kills you pretty fast but there's actually a portal and if you can get to the portal in time it'll move you back to the surface so we used to do a competition where we both like get full health jump into the pool and see who could kill each other in the pool before <laughs> the other died and then get to the portal and get out. Um, but did did you win? A few times, yeah. Yeah, good man. But like, there just doesn't seem to be stuff like that in games nowadays, if you get me. Like, I... Do you remember the... the when Tomb Raider got its remake, mm. basically? I recently, really recently, my little brother, who's only about, I don't know, Jesus, Jesus Christ, I don't know his age, um, he's just about 10. Um, uh, he's plays all this Fortnite and all that kind of stuff. Like I, I've downloaded him. I played him. I just went not for me, grand. And he plays him religiously, and he's on his to his friends and all. And he gets re- like he'll sit up in the room playing this for ages. And I'm just like, you're getting nowhere playing that. Like it, it, like there's no end game to that game. There's no unlockables. There's no nothing. It's just a stat. You're only getting stats, and you're not good at. It. You're dying all the time. If you're watching this, Jack. Sorry, <laughs> shite at video games. So I bought him the remake of the Tomb Raider because I was like, good enough story, good gameplay. He'll enjoy it. Has kind of an uncharted feel for him. He played it because he met like the boss at the start of the game. He was just like, nah, I'm not really interested in this because he was like, I don't really want to pay attention. I was like, fuck's sake. And that was exactly it. I don't want to pay attention. I would say it's like a peer pressure thing, nearly. Like, mm. it's like you know the kind of young lads that play games like Fortnite or FIFA or, or Call of Duty or whatever like they're kind of playing what all the other lads play yeah. I would I would even hazard a guess and say that if those games didn't exist if those really big ones didn't exist and there was only more uh, more sort of serious story driven titles uh, that these lads wouldn't actually be into gaming at all mm. they would they would just kind of stick with sports or other hobbies you know Look, I are there other hobbies? <laughs> <laughs> I believe the soccer is the thing the soccer yeah the soccer. soccer I like I remember when you were younger it used to be like a really cool conversation to have someone like well what games do you play and you'd say the like so Mass Effect I play Doom I play and I'd say oh I, I kind of play Prince Persia I play blah, blah, blah. and then you'd be like 
oh, they made the same game. Well, blah, blah, blah. I know they didn't make the same games, but just for an example. Yeah. Now it's, what do you play? Fortnite. Fortnite. Like, it's just fucking, it's like just mm. blank faces just playing the same thing. Whereas before you used to mix it up, you used to have great conversations, suggesting new games, stories. Oh, did you get to that part in that game? Oh, yeah, yeah it was class. Whereas now it's, oh, did you build a house in Fortnite? <laughs> like, you know, because like, I, I think they're really, really missing out on that kind of aspect of gaming. And yeah, we're moving on. Question two. Who is your favourite video game antagonist? Favourite video game That means bad guy. Yeah, I don't know what antagonist means. <laughs> I didn't know it for you. Sorry about that, guys. The camera cut out. But basically just, we didn't miss too much kind of talk. We basically just said that. Fortnite's crap. Fortnite and all those kind of games. Thanks for coming to my TED shit. talk. Basically, we just said that kids are missing out. Not kids, other people are missing out on some really good games by focusing all their time on these games that are basically just gambling addictions. Time sinks. Massive time sinks, yeah. yeah. Anyway, look, we're going to move on because we spent a serious amount of time on that question. We almost <laughs> ran out of footage. <laughs> question two. What is your favourite video game antagonist? I don't think we even answered it, did we? You, no, we just started You started last time. You go ahead. Yeah, uh, it's between uh, Dr. Nefarious from Ratchet & Clank or Virgil from the Devil May Cry series. Dr. Nefarious, for the simple reason that he is just so ridiculously dastardly and evil and over the top. His voice, his laugh, his mannerisms are all hilarious to me. There was even a part in one of the later games where he actually turns good. He like turns his life around. He like goes to rehab and everything to stop being so evil. And then he goes to a planet to go on just a, a nice peaceful pilgrimage and a hike. And on that planet, he learns about a super weapon and in a nanosecond goes back to being a <laughs> That's the robot guy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was, I loved him. He's, he's just so, so funny. Like, <laughs> just that's, that's why he's my favourite, because he's just so ridiculously evil and he will never get better. Like. Um, on a more serious note, though, Virgil from Devil May Cry, he, I think he's a fantastic antagonist because he's just such a great foil to Dante, the main character. Mm-hmm. Um... Dante is really like happy-go-lucky and whimsical in the way he behaves. Virgil is like super serious and stern about everything he does. Dante is just kind of like coasting through life and like barely keeping his business afloat. Mm-hmm. Uh, just focused on pizza and girls really. And Virgil is like... That sounds fantastic. <laughs> Virgil is on this die-hard mission to like uh, achieve the kind of power that their father had, which is the legendary demon knight Sparta, who sealed the underworld away in order to protect the human world and he settled down with a human lady and had uh, two half demon sons with him Virgil and Dante um, Dante wants to embrace his strength by embracing like the, the human half of him yeah. uh, you know like he he cries multiple times in a series when shit goes down uh, showing that he's not a true evil demon you know hence the title Devil May Cry mm-hmm. um, Virgil wants to embrace his demon half and kind of get rid of his human tendencies you know uh, but even though they hate each other and they've been battling it out for ages Virgil still very much like loves Dante uh, going by the events at the end of Devil May Cry 3 which I won't spoil uh, but even his colour palette like Dante's like all in red mm. Virgil's like all in blue Dante uses guns and like this big hefty sword Virgil uses like just a katana and like magic knives that he summons in the air because he thinks guns aren't, aren't warriors weapons mm. he's just such a perfect foil and opposite to the hero and I think those are the best kind of villains my pick is exactly along that a villain who is the complete opposite to the protagonist the Joker from the Arkham series Hmm. in Asylum he's good in City he's amazing then 
when they did the prequel Arkham Origins Troy Baker did a really good job introducing the character to the series mm. but uh, it's it's been released a good couple of years so I suppose I can go ahead about it the scene when after you've gone through everything have you battled all his minions and his bosses the Joker is slowly dying and you Batman has the vial that could save his life drops it breaks the Joker is hysterical no pun and no and he's like the jo- Batman says do you want to know the funny thing even after everything you've done I still would have saved you and the Joker goes that is kind of funny and then like, he dies with like a smile and I was just like this is just the perfect way for them to kill off the Joker mm. and then they brought him back for a night <laughs> <laughs> well to be fair they did it fairly okay and it was just in his psyche but but I just thought like if they if the series was to end on Arkham City I would have just thought masterpiece hmm. what was the um, people have drawn parallels between Batman and the Joker what are those parallels exactly like how are they similar even though they're okay yeah. so uh, I could give you a few examples where they've kind of like been compared uh, the main one being that let's say the moment when Martha and Thomas Wayne were killed hmm. Bruce in that instance had a choice he could let it define him in a bad way or become Batman hmm. so in a way the Joker is his parallel of where he could have been in life if he went really high down <laughs> <laughs> it's where he could have been in life if he didn't become Batman, become Batman. Okay. so when Batman sees Joker he sees the constant threat of what he can become hmm. if he succumbs to all the mental damage done to him over the years if you watch you can watch it now actually yeah. if you watch The Killing Joke which is the DC animated film read the comic a bit better um, the whole thing is about basically from start to finish Joker is trying to bring everybody down to his level to break everyone so he does this by having Gordon uh, go through a merry-go-round in a carnival and sees pictures of his naked daughter that Joker had just shot in the spine and paralysed yeah I remember that actually, and yeah. then at the end he may, he forces him to watch him all blown up and all and at the end he's like are you broken yet and he's like no and the Joker gets angry over this because he's like he didn't break but I broke because it re- it's revealed that the Joker <laughs> broke before he became the Joker when he was mm. a failed comedian and his wife mm. was pregnant and she died and the whole falling into the acid bath all that kind of thing mm. stayed the same so he's trying to justify him becoming the Joker and the whole way through Batman is trying to warn Joker please stop we can fix this please stop and that's the parallel again that Bruce wants someone there to stop him should he ever go too far Hmm. in the end of the novel uh, the Joker has been foiled by Batman they're standing together the Joker um, uh, pulls a gun and it shoots out but it's a fake gun and he just goes oh I'm done again and Batman gives him the whole speech it's not too late we can get you help and the Joker goes no no it's, it's too late for that I'm sorry and that's the moment where it clicks for Batman the Joker tells him a really bad joke then right and the, the Joker goes oh forgive me he starts laughing Bruce starts laughing then they both start getting hysterical laughing like mad in the next panel Batman puts his arm on Joker's shoulder in the next panel they're both gone and it's just the scene so a lot of people have kind of taken into account that from what we've seen Batman they could have done a number of things but it's really really highly theorised that 
when he put his hand on his shoulder that was him killing Joker because he realised there's no way back for someone like this hmm. therefore Batman broke hmm. so it kind of started the cycle all over again hmm. so that's the parallel jo- Batman is always afraid that he could become the Joker hmm. it's his, it's the into his yang kind of a thing that was a really long drawn out explanation <laughs> but like there's a there's loads more explanations of why he doesn't like like if you look at all the Batman villains they're all people who have psychological yeah. damage <clears throat> like every comic book hero their villains are always based on what they don't want to be hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I'll just keep it short and sweet anyway <laughs> uh, two from one series Gladys and Wheatley <laughs> good choice actually yeah they're fantastic from Portal yeah, they're great yeah. I would say Gladys more Gladys Gladys more yeah. I just really enjoyed like <coughs> Portal the, whimsical, the whimsicalness of the game mm. and Gladys doing all these kind of serious things but it's all just the voice acting of Gladys in the second one is brilliant and then yeah, just going around with Gladys as a potato being powered <laughs> on her yeah. and then Wheatley's the bad guy because he just can't hack all the power that he's just after taking in from you yeah. trying he gets well, he just, power drunk yeah he yeah. just gets power drunk and it just switches around so he becomes the bad guy and Gladys is kind of somewhat good I guess <laughs> So. Yeah, I remember she was like, I have, all, I remember all these memories. Yeah, and she's like, I got rid of all those memories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, even like Steve Merchant was such a good choice for Wheatley. Yeah, yeah. I, like the what I found lacking with Portal One is that you're you're looking at the main the main game yeah. aspect. It's really good to go through and all, but Portal Two has such like really good background elements yeah. to it like the various posters of Cave Johnson and you yeah. can listen to it. like it's just really really nice when you walk around the room and you can see all these like different things and all. whereas Portal 1 is kind of limited in that regard yeah definitely yeah yeah, yeah. I highly agree with that who was the guy who voiced uh, Cave Johnson oh it was uh, fuck it was J. Jonah Jameson in yeah, Spider-Man yeah. Uh, what's his name I know his name fuck James keep talking whatever thinking I don't know <laughs> yeah, I was going to say one more as well from a different series my all time favourite series Metal Gear, uh, a bad guy, but it's at the same time a hero at the end. But this is a pretty much the main bad guy throughout the whole thing is Big Boss in Metal Gear Solid Three. And she kind of flips on the bridge. Boss, yeah, just boss, th- just boss, yeah. Fucking hell, man! Yeah. I, her was sc- I was like, this man forget no. names. Yeah, <laughs> and she's just on the bridge and she flips and suddenly becomes the bad guy. J.K. Simmons. Question three. What is your guilty pleasure game that is universally hated but you like? Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Haze on PS3. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the game where they like, have to have nectar or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Like, it just is very... It's very so bad. Yeah, the, the, graphics so are, the graphics are terrible. The, the combat isn't exactly like intuitive. The aiming's kind of crap. Um but I ended up sticking with it because I went through this phase of like wanting to play every PS3 exclusive um, so I just wanted to power through Haze just to see if I could like 
Um, I was in this phase where like, I wanted to appreciate the good things about games rather than like the, the terrible things. Yeah, we're um, being negative today. <laughs> yeah, we're negative nonsense. But uh, Hayes, like, I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, like, I got, I played it enough that I got into it and got used to the crappy controls and stuff. So I was like going guys down left, right, and center. And I, like, one part I paused it and I was like, I'm actually having fun. I'm actually really enjoying it. Do you think where you pull it back and you're like, it is a ball of shite, but. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's an enjoyable ball of shite. So yeah. bad, it's good. Um, it, do you know when they say like don't judge your book by its cover yeah with Hayes it's the opposite the <laughs> cover is the best thing about it the only yeah. thing about it cool yeah. helmet it's like, and it was from pre-radical as well so I was like we lost time splitters friends <laughs> but um, I ended up sticking with it and uh, there was like one part where a resistance fighter is giving like a cool speech to everyone against the corporation mantle uh, I did like you, you stop being a mantle troop at this point and you become a resistance fighter so you stop using like the, the combat drug nectar and instead you get the ability to play dead <laughs> Uh, but like the guy actually gives a really inspirational speech like I remember listening to the voice acting and the music and I was like damn this is like this speech belongs in a better game like yeah. it's, it's really out of place you know um, but yeah I ended up really enjoyed it so total total guilty pleasure yeah. Assassin's Creed Unity <laughs> that was a game that, that was a game that came out and it was just a buggy nightmare and everybody hated it and they couldn't look past it all the bugs that were in it because everyone yeah. was like screw was this that I'm not one, playing was that the one where the guy had like teeth and eyes yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one that's set in Paris just such a beyond all that it's a great looking game great story and they released those are kind of fun new DLC free DLC mm. to make up for the crap release shit fest <laughs> the shit fest it was at the start but it's actually fantastic I got it loads of people hated it I got, got it for flat. 2 euro on Xbox One I couldn't I, I couldn't fault it for that yeah, really good. like I got it relatively recently and obviously all that has been fixed since yeah. and it's it's grand yeah. it's grand they focus a bit too much on the multiplayer for me though yeah yeah but the let's say it was it was a really nice natural evolution to the Assassin's Creed gameplay like do you know the way like the parkour yeah. after a while it became very like systematical like you can only jump in a certain direction you can only jump to the side you jump to the side like whereas Unity felt more free roaming with your, for your parkour so it was nice um, what's a guilty pleasure for me in gaming this one now takes the piss um, when I had my PS3 there were so many games for the PS3 you could just go nuts and pick up anything and they were making anything The Walking Dead Survival Instincts <laughs> oh, I, I never played it but I've heard terrible things about yeah. it that sounds like the crossbow and yeah. you play as a normal but Reedus. don't use the crossbow because it's shit <laughs> um, you play as Norman Reedus you don't actually play as Norman Reedus you're just as eyes you don't even get a character model to look at well you do during cutscenes very small cutscenes but um, it's like a really short game as well and I, I The Walking Dead was starting to become huge I was a huge fan of The Walking Dead I saw this on the shelf I was like 50 euro there you go picked it up brought it home put it on and I went oh no <laughs> and I got through it not and the reason why I stuck with it is because it reminded me so much of Medal of Honor uh, no Call of Duty the big red one with this, like the way the this, the map the way the screen is like laid out and all with your map and your compass and I was like it's a bit of a, if I look at this as a bit of a nostalgia trip the, the graphics are pretty similar to PS2 era <laughs> and then like I got through it all and I was like do you know what like it's very forgetful but I enjoyed it yeah. went online it was like 20% <laughs> 1 out of 5 stars I was like fuck I misjudged that game for a bad but yeah I genuinely enjoyed that game and I, I say it proudly 
<laughs> so, question four. That was quick. What is the best psychic character you have ever played alongside in a video game? I genuinely am not sure about this one. It's a tough one. Mm. I'm gonna have to say, uh, gonna have to say, Daxter, Daxter, and Jack and Daxter. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'd say it because, um, like, there's so many psychics. Uh, like, well, I suppose I'm thinking of like platformers. There's other psychics that aren't like, you know, like little furry things that come from you. There's like secondary <laughs> characters, or whatever. But like, you don't all that often get to see how far they would go for the main character. Yeah. But in Daxter's case, like, there's two years. Uh, where he's like living on the streets in this dystopian shithole surviving on the streets in a city that the poor people in the city would probably try and cook him and eat him if they saw him you know mm. but he did it like he did the absolute best he could if it meant breaking Jack out of prison at the end of those two years which is exactly what he does and that like that's the prologue to the events of Jack 2 mm-hmm. um, so like he was just kind of your friend from the village in the first one that got turned into the furry thing by falling into a dark ego it's like an evil like liquid that mutates you um, so he was just kind of like comic relief more than anything but this time you got to see like just how far he'd go mm-hmm. like for his friend you know um, and he even makes a big sacrifice towards the end of uh, uh, either Jack 2 or Jack 3 uh, like he doesn't kill himself or anything but I was like fuck <clears throat> they play this he basically sacrifices the chance to become human again to like have another big plot point happen and he does it he does it for the good of everyone like uh, so I think Daxter for being starting out was comic relief and turning into like someone who Jack couldn't get through the adventures that he did without. Mm. He's he's top notch psychic. I'm trying to think of one. I'm like far from Prince Persia, uh, kind of other people, but probably have to go along the same vein as you. Mm. Clank. Mm. I was gonna think of your man, Cork. Is it? Captain Cork. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't really be a sidekick though. I'm talking about let's say someone who's like witchy along the way. Ah, okay. Like I would say Clank because like you're saying yourself, these two unlikely parties meet, mm. they become great friends, and it just shows like the games have stood the test of time because of like no one could tell you the bollocks plot lines from Ratchet and Clank unless like big fans like yourself or, mm. but like they just remember like the good chemistry those two had, mm. and I. I and he was really helpful as well like the missions where you're playing as Clank are actually good yeah and the the cool upgrades the jetpack was the coolest thing ever when I was younger yeah, yeah. Um, it was and cool. his, little, his little puppy things what are they called uh, the gadget bots gadget bots yeah. they were the coolest I hated when they died I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, you get attached to them they're so <laughs> cute like but also uh, when Roger and Clank first meet um, like they get along at first but their missions kind of come into conflict mm. for a while and they actually do have a, like a fight later on which I thought was really fighting cool. everyone yeah <laughs> Like well, I thought that was really cool, uh, rather than just have Clank be this like psychic that just says, uh, "Yeah, let's go!" Like to literally yeah. everything Ratchet says. Like they were, they actually come to loggerheads, uh, and then they, they make up and never fight again. <laughs> yeah, like the cool the cool thing is like Ratchet is the cool hero and all, mm. but but Clank can really hold his own. Mm. Like um, when his hands go massive while he's doing crack jobs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like and even the way Clank is made, mm. when like there's huge robots being mm. produced, yeah, and then like one little Scotty one coming out like a little Lego minifigure honourable mention to a Dom from Gears of War as well though Dom Dom <laughs> never played it but I have I, like, I regularly look up that scene just to hear Mad World play yeah so you have to play it in that case I'm not going to give away anything but like Dom is oh, I know Dom, yeah, yeah. 
So Dom is just a fantastic character. He's just loyal to the end and just has Marcus's back and everything. Just good, wholesome boy Dom. <laughs> and he gets shit thrown at him that he doesn't deserve. And you can really see him, see it affecting him, but he never becomes like jaded or bitter or anything. He still always like sees the best in people and helps Marcus to the end. So shout out to my boy Dom. Rest in peace, brother. James, have you got one yet, please? Uh, I don't have to have one. Sometimes you just don't have an answer. You kind of do for a <laughs> podcast. No, you don't. Tell us an honourable mention. Doesn't have to be your Ellie best from Last of Us. I guess that's a yeah. good show. That's a very good show. Put pressure on you. Yeah, and look Jeez. what we got. We got a great answer. Well done. Oh, Ellie, yeah, Ellie's fantastic. I beat like you know the Left Behind DLC. Mm. Uh, I, like my absolute favourite bit is when she, if you win the competition, the brick throwing thing, it gets right. And she goes, break fucking master. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. I think it's great as well that now you played as like Ellie for a little bit in mm. The Last of Us and now she's becoming the main character you're kind of just yeah. like I've been getting ready for this <laughs> yeah. yeah Joel you're my bitch now <laughs> really looking forward to The Last of Us Part 2 so am I so am I you, you were only recently jumping on the fucking bandwagon <laughs> yes yes it's um, I, I didn't jump on it when it came out um, year we've been waiting for this year <laughs> still on the wagon in Skyrim <laughs> at the start <laughs> oh you're awake <laughs> my favourite meme ever yeah, but even years after the remastered version for PS4 came out I only beat it there like the other day so yeah. did you like the ending? Uh, I was a bit dubious about it it kind of ended abruptly um, like it was it was a shocker like what, what Joel did mm. and like Ellie clearly suspects something is up uh, but yeah I just I don't know I, I would have liked more closure or more hints at what was to come but it kind of just went eh over. I think they kind of they had the ambition to have the sequel out a lot sooner to kind of like appease fans mm. but with everything that went on they just ah, fuck we'll wait for the next generation I have a friend who played like all the way through The Last of Us I told him like you need to play this mm. so he went off bought a Playstation 4 got the remastered played it played through it all he said he was sprinting through it and all he got to the hospital sequence mm. very 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 near the end of the game finished that do you know that I don't want to say just in case anyone hasn't played the last bits one of the games that I openly don't like to spoil the part where they're let's say directly after that when you're walking through the walking up the hill when you're doing the hike is it or at the very very yeah <laughs> he turned off the game there and said I'll finish the rest of it tomorrow I'll play in the next couple of hours then and I was like you fucking idiot <laughs> and anyone who hasn't played it when you get to the hospital sequence, keep going. Just just trust us, keep going. Don't <laughs> fucking stop the game after that. It's not worth it. Just keep going. No one's have long left, just keep it going. No, just keep going. Just keep going. And so yeah, he turned it back on about ten minutes left. Like, you fucking jackass. <laughs> so yeah, we have Ellie, we have Clank and we have some Daxter. That is a loyal party to the end. I've watched that crossover. I'm dog meat. Dog meat. Dog me is a very, very good honorable mention. <laughs> Last one. Bastard shows up everywhere. In Vegas. Where's the rest of them set? Oh, uh, fucking. Jesus Christ. Philadelphia? No, not Philadelphia. God, I can't remember where Fallout 4 is set. It's just not memorable. Or, uh, Boston. Boston, yeah. Do you know what I'd really like to. There's a. The, just. We're done the questions now, so we'll just talk about ourselves. The, in Fallout 1, The Master. Mm. how cool would that look in a remaster mm. that big contraption that'd look really really cool it would look really sick and detailed and I'd love that yeah. but there's something really like um, I don't know like alien looking or foreboding mm. or atmospheric about like the really old 90s like 
uh, static backgrounds yeah. and stuff. Um, but imagine yeah. walking down like to a dungeon and you look and there's just like this grotesque like stretched out thing with like computers and all and you're just like fuck yeah. and I convince love, him to kill himself I love that kind of stuff uh, I love like machine horror body horror there's the, a, the unholy fusion of like flesh and machine like Doom 3 has it uh, Warhammer has it like there's just something really alien and disgusting about it and I just love it it's fascinating <laughs> I find it really disturbing because I'm just like imagine the, the sheer pain they're in at this unnatural like movement and all like there's an old film that's terrible with uh, Donald Sutherland called uh, Virus I think it is mm. where they go on this ship and the ship has been taken over by like this alien frequency mm. and it's like converting people into robots so like they're just like ripping open their skulls and like putting like mm. titanium shit in the way and like Donald Sutherland, Donald Sutherland gets converted openly mm. so he goes in willingly and says like take me and like he shows up like 20 minutes later mm. and like he's been completely like ripped apart and there's like shit going into his and he's still like conscious he's still like aware of what's going on and all. Yeah. it's like that's so disturbing <laughs> like one person he just like literally has his head ripped off and just like put onto a, a a robot body and like they're really slow so like I don't know how they're a threat but like they have like, like makeshift weapons like fucking tra- chainsaws being thrown at you and stuff like that but like, it was so unnerving to watch just because of that element I gotta watch this, <laughs> this it's terrible <laughs> it's, a- great, like. it's absolutely terrible like they're making the- it sound better <laughs> just by saying it's terrible the whole like thing of them is like if the ship gets to land hmm. the frequency or I'm gonna call it the frequency the- this alien force will reach more radio systems and spread and spread and spread and oh, take yeah. over so they can't let it reach the shore or get in range of signal hmm. so they have to stop the ship and all and Donald Sutherland he's like one of the side characters he's the the original ship's captain and he's like trying to be in charge and all but they're all like oh fuck you you don't know anything and all so he like openly joins them and he becomes like one of the big bads and all hmm. that's okay so anything else you want to say before we end the podcast no that's about it no so as we said in the last podcast we do have some uh, exciting updates coming soon we just want to get those things wrapped up first there's a lot more content coming your way please like us on Facebook at Gamecast and subscribe to see more content coming soon alright guys thank you thank you thank you thanks for having us thank you goodbye got the trivia questions okay question number one what did the towers in the PS2 menu screen represent we well, have yeah, very what's, limited battery space here. What's in your memory card? I always assumed it was the same. Be specific. It's the same as in your memory card. The blocks. Mm, number of games. Number of games yeah. All right, oh. give that one to James. Question two. How many Wii systems were sold in its lifespan? This figure was taken as of March 2016. 162 million. So no one to go again. 210 million. You're just being ridiculous. Oh, man. Yeah. 140 million. We'll give it to Darren. The answer is 101.63 million. That's amazing for a device that wasn't that even that great. It's all the old people playing Wii Fit. That's how they did it. They marketed it. They, no, they managed to market it as like a family thing rather than just like a gamer. It, it was a family thing if your mm-hmm. family was actually into gaming. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so look, that's the trivia questions. Now we can sign off. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for watching our video. Please like our page and subscribe to see more content from Gamecast.